Ever wonder what it's like living in a house full of cats? Me either, until I recently found myself with eight permanent cat residents and occasional foster cats. I'm Sabrina Lee, and I'm a self-proclaimed crazy cat lady. I am not a cat expert and offer no advice to others. Anything I share is from my own experiences, unless otherwise credited. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. On each episode of Whole Bunch of Cats, I'll be sharing stories about life with so many cats. You can also see adventures of current residents on TikTok and Instagram at Whole Bunch of Cats. Twitter is Whole Bunch of Cat because adding the S made the handle too long. And now, without further ado, let me tell you a cat story. Lila. During COVID, the shelter wasn't able to do in-person adoption and asked the foster families to take in adult cats. We were happy to do so. One of the cats who came to live with us was Lila. She's a gray tabby with stubby legs and a pop belly. Her tiny stature only adds to her sassy swagger. Lila was adopted several years prior via the shelter, but when the family moved, she ran away. She was on the lam for two years before showing back up at the shelter. Once there, her previous owners were contacted, but had moved on with other pets. We were able to take her temporarily. At the time, we had four other cats, and they mostly got along with each other. Lila, however, wanted nothing to do with anyone. She didn't like other cats, and she didn't like people. We kept her in my son's room. She had food, water, and a litter box, so didn't need to leave that space. Besides, we were just keeping her until the shelter opened back up. Then we'd take her back to be adopted. I tried to use social media to promote her, but the biggest hurdle was she didn't get along with other cats. Her ears would go back. She'd hiss and try to bat at the offender. And by offender, I mean an innocent cat who's in her space. Eventually, the shelter reopened to the public and we dropped her off to find her forever home. I let them know that she really needed to be adopted into a no-other-pet home. It was also noted that she was a biter. Even today, when people come over, I let them know she bites. So please don't pet her. One day, I noticed she disappeared from the adoption website, but I didn't see any report of her being adopted. I reached out to see what had happened and was told she'd bitten someone. Later, it was revealed that the volunteer didn't realize that Lila doesn't like to be touched. She doesn't like people and she doesn't like other cats. At that time, she was put on a two-week hold. I asked if we could bring her back once the hold was up. The foster coordinator thought that would be a great idea. Shelter life can be very stressful, and it's often easier for stressed-out cats to be adopted out of foster than the shelter. My only concern was that Lila needed a bigger space than my son's room. Plus, to help her get adopted, it might be nice if she could get along with the other cats. I decided we were going to have to transition her from isolation to general population. Unfortunately, the transition took half a year. Every time we'd let her around the other cats, she'd hiss at them until they retreated. She'd meow and strike them to make them back off. Her transition definitely took the longest of any of our introductions. Once she returned to us for the second time after the biting incident, she lived exclusively in Jaden's room for another six months. At one point, I thought maybe this will be all the space she can have until she's adopted, but around the six-month mark, she got restless. We slowly introduced the cats to her. To this day, she's the feistiest of all the cats. She will stay upstairs on the chair. No one else is allowed on her chair while she's there. 
She also has the hammock on the cat tree as her own. She's okay to be around everyone most of the time. She will still get short-tempered and bat a cat or two. She doesn't bite people as long as they don't bother her and has started asking for pets. However, if you pet too long, she nips at you. During the six months Lila was in Jaden's room, they bonded. COVID happened over his senior year, and she was a faithful companion. My son thought he'd take her with him to school as his support animal. We even had the psychiatrist sign off on it. Jaden officially adopted Lila in August of 2021, promptly left for school, and did not take her with him. She's the fifth cat in our cat committee. Lila is an escape artist. There are three cats in the house who know how to open the door from the kitchen to the garage. She's one of them. She'll wait patiently for the garage door leading to the outside to open. And as we pull the car in, she walks out of the garage without being noticed. Meanwhile, Bamboo and Yoda, the orange tabbies, who can also open the kitchen door, either run back into the house, scared by the noise of the garage door opening, or hide in the garage. Very seldom do they go outside through the garage door. But even if they do, they hang around the house and are friendly to people. They also want to come back inside within a few hours, never staying outside overnight. As I said, Lila, however, will sneak out quietly and no one knows. The first time she did this, she was still in foster care. We thought for sure we'd not be able to foster again. We lost a cat. How in the world does that even happen? She's not a kitten, and while she's small, she's got a chunky midsection, so it's not like she doesn't take up any space. But I didn't even realize she was gone for a day. My defense, she spent a lot of her time in my son Jaden's room, so I assumed she was there. Also, cats are great hiders. Then, Jaden had mentioned he'd not seen Lila for at least a day. I told him she must have gotten out of his room and was probably hiding. A few hours later, he told me he'd looked everywhere and he thought she'd gotten outside. How in the world could this cat have gotten out of our house? Although she did leave her previous home, so it wasn't completely impossible. I thought we would have seen her. The garage door escape route hadn't come to my attention yet, so I still thought she was in the house. Sometimes kids don't look as well for missing items or pets as moms. I started looking for her as well. Unfortunately, I didn't find her, and neither did Jaden. Again, though, I kept telling myself she was hiding somewhere in the house. I know she'd gotten out of Jaden's room, but all the doors are shut all the time. On the second day of Lila's absence, Jaden was pretty upset. We were both baffled about where she was and hoping she was okay. In the meantime, I thought cleaning the house would be a good idea. That would ensure we'd looked everywhere. As we were finishing, I asked Jaden to help me take the trash to the curb. While we were dragging the last load to the top of the driveway, Jane turned around and said, There she is. Lila's coming home. I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. Sure enough, that sassy swagger gave her away. She sauntered up the hill from the backyard into the garage, waiting for us to let her in the house. We were thrilled she was home, and she couldn't figure out what the fuss was all about. Remember, she had lived on her own for a couple of years. She knows how to take care of herself and how to come home. However, I was still perplexed about how she'd gotten out of the house in the first place. We may never know for sure. She moved in with us before Bamboo and Yoda, which was the first time I noticed cats could literally open the door to the garage. And it wasn't until a few months after Bamboo and Yoda moved in that I caught Lila coming back inside from the garage 
and that did clue me in that she's capable of opening the door as well. I don't like her going outside or hanging out in the garage. I don't like her having unsupervised access to the outside. This doesn't stop her though. She doesn't run away, so I can typically follow her outside and pick her up to bring her back inside. Unless, of course, I don't see that she's left. Every morning I do a cat count to make sure all the cats are accounted for. These days, if I can't find her, I'll check Jaden's room. She does like to sleep with her human. On the rare occasion that she's made it outside, I'll pick her up to bring her in. She won't run away. Her legs are too tiny. Her belly's too big, and she's entirely too lazy to put effort into a full-on escape. But it should be noted that Lila does not like to be picked up either. She makes this weird meow-hiss combo. She will also try to bite or scratch anyone other than me. She'd let Jaden pick her up, but he's usually asleep during her shenanigans. Besides, she doesn't really want to run away. She just wants some fresh air. Plus, she knows where the food comes from and lets me carry her inside. I do think she probably could transition to an indoor-outdoor cat, but since she's a biter, I don't want her around strangers. She doesn't beg to go outside like Willow, the black cat, does. She just casually walks out. You get the idea she doesn't even think of it as sneaking. Just that she's in the garage, the door goes up, and out she goes. No sneaking, just good timing. Most of the time, though, she is hiding inside sleeping. One of Lila's favorite places to sleep is in a blue basket that my sister gave us rather than throwing it in the trash. Put a blanket on the bottom and it fits Lila perfectly. The oval shape conforms to her body. Or her body conforms to the oval shape. Not entirely sure. Only that she spends 75% of her time between the blue basket and the top of the maroon soft love seat in the cat tree hammock. I think one of the most wondrous sights is when Lila jumps from the kitchen table to the cat tree to get to the hammock. The other cats climb up the tree, but not Lila. She jumps up to the kitchen chair, then the table, and finally launches herself to the tree. Lila loves heights. Another Lila spot is atop of the refrigerator. She's the only cat who dares to go up there. Not 100% sure how she gets there. I imagine she jumps from the kitchen counter, but I've never seen this feat. Come to think of it, there are a lot of places Lila gets that I've never seen her get to. Only seen her once she's there. Perhaps she has help. Perhaps the cat committee has elected her the cat to find new weird places to be. There's an expression that I've heard many times. Curiosity killed the cat. And while that may be true, I believe there's a follow-up to that expression. I don't know if there is actually a follow-up to it or if I read it in a book. But the follow-up... The end of that expression is something like satisfaction brought it back, right? Curiosity killed the cat. Satisfaction brought it back. My point is having eight cats and occasional fosters, I get a lot of questions about the logistics of the cats, dealing with so many cats, things of that nature. So what I want to do is take some time at the end of each podcast to answer any questions that listeners may have. If you have a question, something that you've been wondering about, please email me at wholebunchofcats at gmail.com. You can also reach out through social media and all links to any social media platforms can be found at www.wholebunchofcats.com. And now the question from you. One question I get asked a lot is about feeding the cat committee. Do the members graze all day? Do they have a set feeding schedule? How much do they eat? There's eight members of the committee, so yes, they eat a lot. 
almost as much as my 19-year-old son. The rest of the questions take a bit more time to answer. The feeding arrangements have evolved as we've added more cats with different needs. When only Izzy, the gray outside tabby, Scarlet the tortie, Willow the black cat, and Birdie the ginger tabby lived with us, we did allow the cats to graze all day. We had one bowl of food as well as a water bowl in the kitchen where the cats could eat whenever they wanted to. We also had an extra bowl of food and water in Skylar, my youngest room in the basement. Sometimes this would be for the foster cats if they were staying in Skylar's room. But when we didn't have fosters or the fosters were in my room, the Gen Pop cats would eat from either bowl. We kept food bowls full so cats could eat anytime. Gen Pop is what I call any cat not in isolation and therefore can be anywhere in the house. There's several reasons the cat would have to be in isolation. Foster cats have to be in a separate room for at least two weeks. If one of our cats are sick, we keep them away from the others. And if Izzy decides to sleep inside, he's in my room away from the other cats. When Lila, the other gray tabby, came to stay with us as a foster, she stayed in my son's room. He had a bowl of both food and water for her in his room. She'd get fresh water twice a day and one bowl of dry food that would last the day. Lila came to stay with us during COVID, and once she could transition back to the shelter, she did. Unfortunately, she bit a volunteer at the shelter, so we decided to bring her back here until she was adopted. During those six months, she stayed in Jaden's room, where he bonded with her, and eventually he decided to adopt her. We decided once she was ours that she'd need to learn to live with the other cats, so we slowly introduced her to the other cats allowing her to be outside of Jaden's room. As soon as Lila was consistently able to be around the other cat, we moved food and water out of Jaden's room to put them upstairs in the kitchen. That left one bowl downstairs and two upstairs. At that point, the food was still being replenished throughout the day as needed. Sushi arrived next. We've had her since she was tiny, so she adjusted easily to the food situation. Grazed with the others as needed. We did not add an extra bowl at the time, as there was still one downstairs. We did, however, add a water fountain to both upstairs and downstairs. Then, Bamboo and Yoda arrived. The brothers are overweight, large in stature, orange tabby cats. They were first kept in Skylar's room. As I said, there was already one food bowl down there. But because of their size, we added a second bowl of food. And an additional water bowl for them. But within a week... They were not content staying in the bedroom. Not only are these cats big, they're also loud. and would stand at the door meowing at full volume, demanding to be let out of the basement. So we moved them to Gen Pop. I know I keep saying the brothers are big. Yoda is currently 18 pounds, and he weighed more than that when he joined us. We've been helping Yoda move more, which is taking off some of the added weight. But he's still a big guy. His brother, Bamboo, while not as big, is still built on a big frame and arrived with a big belly. None of this motivated me to change the grazing food method, though. What finally convinced me to put the cats on a feeding schedule is that both brothers overeat, which leads to throwing up the contents and me having to clean up the mess. In fact, it was so bad I had to eventually tear up the carpet in the living room because of all the stains. So we had to change our feeding regimen. Instead of keeping bowls filled all the time, they get filled first thing in the morning and one more time in the evening. There are currently four bowls of food, 
We brought the two from Skylar's room to join the ones in the kitchen, as well as a water fountain and a separate water bowl. There is still a water fountain downstairs in Skylar's room, but the only food is in the kitchen. All four bowls get filled once in the morning and once in the evening. So far, this is working. There's enough bowls for each cat to have enough food without many complaints except for first thing in the morning. The cats know that the bowls will be filled as soon as I leave my room. The cats aren't allowed to sleep with me, so they camp right outside my door once they hear me begin to stir. Each morning, I open my door to several cats running, walking, strolling into my room. Sushi, the Siamese, typically leads the pack, with Birdie, the ginger tabby, right behind. Yoda, one of the orange tabbies, usually saunters in and will sometimes swipe anyone who is already in my room. Lila, the gray tabby, and Scarlet, the tortie, occasionally join the cat committee in my room. Once in, the meowing begins. They are complaining because the food bowls are only half full. Before I leave my room, though, I brush my teeth. Bertie walks around my legs, meowing loudly, poaching me on how to brush correctly, or telling me to hurry up because she's hungry. Once I leave my room, the cats and I move as a unit from the bedroom to the kitchen. I get a scoop of food from the garage to fill the bowls for them. Then things get chaotic. Seven cats sleep inside the house, but Izzy, the gray tabby, has transitioned to an outside cat 99% of the time. He wants nothing to do with the other cats and refuses to eat with them. So in order to make sure he has enough to eat, I have to feed him separately. He comes home each morning and waits for breakfast. Some mornings, I open the garage door and he'll run into the garage. I feed him a can of wet food along with a small scoop of dry food. The tricky part is keeping the other cats from the garage. They're smart and know the cat outside is getting something good that they would like to have too. Some mornings, when I get the scoop of cat food for their bowls, several of them will run out into the garage, knowing better food awaits. Once they're out there, they hide under the car, so I can't get them to bring back inside. If I've managed to keep the cats out of the garage and can feed Izzy there, I still have to be careful because the orange tabbies, Bamboo and Yoda, know how to open the door leading from kitchen to garage. So when I go outside, I have to make sure that the door is latched shut or they will dart out, scare off Izzy, and try to eat his food. Birdie the ginger tabby isn't a bully like the brothers, but she comes from a hoarder home and is motivated by food. She'll often run out to the garage as I'm either getting the morning scoop for everyone or heading out to feed Izzy. So before I can open the garage door, I have to make sure everyone is in the house and no one is in the garage. I used to shake treats to get all the cats back inside, but they've gotten smarter and will come in, grab a treat, and dart right back out to the garage. I've come up with a new plan. First, I make sure Bamboo and Yoda are in the garage, and I've latched the kitchen door to the garage. Next, I go out the front door and pick Izzy up to bring him inside for just the five minutes needed to feed him. I put him on the kitchen counter for his breakfast. The smells of the wet food linger to the other cats still inside. I give sushi the open can to lick clean. She's on one counter across from Izzy, and this keeps her busy. The orange cats are in the garage. Violet is sniffing the air, but since Izzy's on the counter, she won't climb up to bother him. Scarlet is afraid of everything, so she won't try to eat Izzy's food. That just leaves Birdie. On some mornings, I can let her outside when Willow goes out. Some mornings, though, she stays in, climbs on the counter, and tries her best to get Izzy's food. 
Once another cat is close enough that Izzy senses their presence, he stops eating. So, I stand in the kitchen, showing Birdie away from Izzy while he finishes his breakfast. Once he's done, his plate goes on the floor with the other bowls of food. He's let back outside, and the orange cats can come in from the garage. After breakfast, life continues as normal, until we do it all over again tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed getting to know my cats a little bit better. Remember, the things I share are my own experiences, unless credited otherwise. I do not offer advice or guarantee results. I am not a professional. I just happen to have a whole bunch of cats, and this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. For continued updates on the cats, please follow their Instagram or TikTok pages at a whole bunch of cats, or check out the website, wholebunchofcats.com. You can also email me at wholebunchofcats at gmail.com if you have a story you'd like to share. And finally, if you enjoy hearing about the cats, please leave a review for this podcast. Thanks for listening and have a terrific day.